Hi everyone and welcome back to the Women Living in Thailand podcast. By popular request today, we have uploaded a session we did on Clubhouse on April 21st, 2021. The amazing Anne Somanas taught us noobs the basics of crypto, especially focusing on Thailand. Please note this was one of our first recordings, so excuse the abrupt start and noises in the background. Well, without further ado, Grab a notebook and a pen, and let's see what Anne has to say about crypto in Thailand. Into something that they don't, they don't know what it is, and that's actually the more responsible thing to do. But I think as long as it takes, you know, it takes more time. There's such a huge learning curve. I think it's going to be something that does take some effort to get started, and that's where we are. You know, we're in the early adoption phase. So anyone who wants to get to, into crypto has to understand that the learning curve is normal, basically. And for me, I think that it was easier for me because I used to work in software for about five years. I did customer support. I did training. I did. Um, I did wrote training guides for software, and they were very technical. And when you start to do crypto, like you will meet a lot of, you know, step by step guidelines with screenshots. Click here, download this, copy this. You know, that is super technical, and I think that's what um, turns a lot of people off because they do get scared. Like, oh, what am what if I'm sending the money to the wrong location, or you know, what if I make the wrong click, or it's just you know, some people it's technical just isn't their thing. So I think the whole crypto space is working on this, like trying to make it more user friendly. But as long as we're early adopters, there is going to be that threshold to cross. And I just want to say before I get into things, if you guys have any questions or if anyone on the Google Meet has questions, you can feel free to just stop me, raise your hand, and be like, "And what? What did that mean? Explain that term. What's bull run? That kind of thing." But I'm going to try to cover the basics today in this talk. Great. That sounds perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks all for being here. So I think the best place to start. Maybe it's actually what the terms bull run and bear market. So bear and bull are terms that are used in the stock market, and they've been transferred to the crypto market. Bull run is basically when there's a ton of money and interest in the market, and the prices are just going up, up, up. And the bull run period is usually shorter than the bear market, which is where there's a kind of slump. There's not much money in the market to prop up prices. And prices might go down a lot. So I mentioned the bull run in 2017, and now it's 2021. So the cycles they typically go around four years, and they are somewhat tied to the cycles in the stock market as well. Very much so, actually. You, the Bitcoin was ironically it was started in 2008. And that's the same year there was a huge um, global financial crash, and then we had. Let's see. I think in 2013. I don't remember specifically, but that may have been the year that the price went to. It was either several hundreds of dollars or a thousand dollars, and then the price slumped again until 2017 in July when it went to 3,000, and that was the beginning of the bull run that lasted until December 2017, and the price actually went to $19,000. So people got super excited. A lot of retail investors bought into the 2017 bull run that helped the price to go up. What scares everyone is the bear market because by March of 2018. The price of Bitcoin was back to around nine thousand dollars, and then by 2019, it was back to three thousand dollars. So, for anyone who bought in at the peak of the bull run, like at nineteen thousand dollars, and then they had to watch their money go down to almost zero over the next two years, like I think a lot of people got burnt by that. So that's why it's really super important to be aware that these cycles. Uh, they are cycles, and bull runs do not last forever. So, if you decide to buy cryptocurrency now, you are entering somewhere in what we think. We think it's around the middle of the bull run, and that there's around maybe two to three months left or longer if the world doesn't go back to vaccinating. 
uh, sorry, the world doesn't go back to normal and we don't vaccinate very fast, which seems to be the case. Because from the um, financial perspective, you have to understand these two markets are very correlated. A lot of investors, hedge funds, different um, people with a lot of money are looking for places to park their money uh, with a certain risk profile and in non-traditional assets because the traditional assets right now they're having issues because of covid like if you want to put put your money into the hotel industry it's really dead right now hotel industry is going nowhere at this point with all the you know all the travel restrictions um vaccinations going so slow a lot of other industries like you know real estate um commerce spaces like those are really dead too because people can't go out People are being really cautious with their money. So part of the reason that so much money flowed into the crypto market is that is that um, is that people just needed a place to park their money where they could make like significant gains. Um, crypto is a riskier asset. Um, certain types of real estate or like the hotel industry, like they they also fit a certain risk profile and crypto also happens to do fit that profile and it's not reliant on the world being like back to normal like so many other industries are so a lot of people say that once the world does go back to normal we start vaccinating actually the money is going to flow out of the crypto market back into more traditional markets and that's where the bear market for crypto is going to start and we could see bitcoin you know we don't know but it could probably go back to like a fifth of the price or a tenth of the price like we basically just don't know and to give you an idea of the size of the crypto market so it's very important to look at the market cap of the crypto market um, the market cap is the total amount of money that is in uh, a certain market and in the last bull run it was eight trillion at the peak and right now it's 2.03 trillion dollars which i think they reported lately that it surpassed like the market cap of visa and mastercard and uh, it surpassed a lot of other market caps like apple along the way so there is really a significant amount of money in the market and that is what is propping up the prices which are actually quite unrealistic but yes as long as the money stays the prices will stay and as more money, if more money comes in, the prices will go up. So yes, that is a quick rundown of like bull run, bear market. I'm just gonna pause here and see if anyone has questions. So if anyone does have questions on Clubhouse, please feel free to uh, put up your hand and uh, we will bring you on stage. And anyone on um, the Google Meets, please feel free to type any questions that you might have for Anne, uh, any avenues that you might want her to go down. Uh, yeah, we'll wait a minute or so, see if anybody wants to come up or we can continue. And I want to first of all say thank you. That was a really great, cute little synopsis of like the history of crypto and where it's been and where it could potentially be going. Um, we do all know that that it's a gamble to invest money, no matter where we choose to put it. However, sitting in a bank right now, it's not earning anything. It's like 0.03% interest rate, which is so sad. And and even if we have like a thousand dollars in that savings account, it's not bringing us any money. So it is interesting to hear about um, how the world currently affects specifically those crypto prices. And yeah, I never thought about it that way either. There, No one is investing in other avenues, so they're all throwing it into crypto right now. So that's really cool. And I'm excited to, to hear what you have to say about connected to what you said with, with Jessica or with Kat the different wallets and the different types of crypto and um, yeah, it was cur It was very cool to learn about how you got into it as well. So thank you. Yeah. So uh, and let's 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 hit the uh, topic of the basic getting started for noobs. Pretty much, like what what advice would you have for anybody trying to get started uh, based in Thailand? Okay. 
That that is the, a really really important question, and I love that you guys are you guys got on crypto exchanges, which is the best place to start. And I I think several of you mentioned Coinbase, and I think Coinbase is limited to Americans, right? Come correct me if I'm wrong. This I'm not sure. I'm actually trading through Binance uh, through my husband. I do know that there are particular issues for U.S. citizens that I did find, <laughs> so I decided to uh, trade through my husband, basically. Yeah, exactly. So that is uh, the U.S. The SEC in the U.S. is really super strict about cryptocurrencies. They want to be able to tax people. Uh, there are citizens that invest into cryptocurrencies. So if you are an American citizen, then the path for you is slightly different. And a good place for you to start is either uh, Coinbase or Robinhood. If you are a U.S. person with a U.S. address, because the local crypto exchanges such as BitCub, which a lot of Thai people will talk about, or even Binance have certain restrictions on Americans joining their platform. Binance has a special Binance.us. Uh, it's also Binance, but it functions a little differently, has slightly different offerings, specifically for Americans that is tailored to the American um, fiscal regulations. So the best place to start, yes, Americans, it's either Coinbase or Robinhood if you have a U.S. residence. But if you're uh, from, from somewhere else, uh, I would recommend either BitCub in Thailand or ZipMex. So BitCub is very Thailand-specific. It will require you to have a local Thai bank account to be able to connect your local Thai bank account to BitCub in order to transfer your fiat or your, you know, money, money onto the exchange. Zipmex is also, uh, it's actually foreign owned, unlike BitCub, which is Thai owned. Zipmex is foreign owned and they also have a branch in Singapore as well. But basically, if you have a Thai bank account, you have a Singaporean bank account, you can do the same thing and just transfer your money from your bank account into Zipmex. So, I, I usually advise people, if they don't already, just to set up an account on one of these exchanges and do it now because, for example, BitCub, sometimes they have issues where they stop accepting new users because they just have a, too big of an influx of users because people are excited about crypto. And with Zipmex, they also have a delay on on verification so usually it will take your account at least one week to get verified so the steps go something like this you go on the exchange and then they'll ask you to fill out a little information about yourself they call that KYC or know your customer that's where the exchange gets a little information about you so they know who you are and it's also kind of for for taxation purposes but the taxes aren't that serious if you're not earning much on crypto. Now, um, after that, you're going to have to wait for about a week for them to review your KYC or know your customer application. Or in some cases, it could be longer because, yeah, it, it, some people have had to wait longer. So that's why I say do it now. And then after they approve your application, then you will be able to input your bank account information. They'll usually ask you for like maybe a photo of your bank book, your bank account number. And at that point, then you will be able to start transferring money from your account onto the exchange. And then from there, you can start trading or exchanging it for cryptocurrencies. Some people might also wonder about Binance. So Binance is a huge international exchange it's not country specific it was founded by uh, someone in hong kong it's hong kong owned but it's the, become the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the world and the reason that binance is important is because it has the most number of coins for you to choose from out of any exchange um, and it's the easiest to use i would say as well it's very fast very smooth but again yeah, with uh, they do limit like U.S. citizens. Actually, if you're from the U.S., you try to use Binance, they actually block your IP if you're not using Binance U.S. And if you are Thai, uh, there's a little, I would say to be a little careful with Binance. Like you can trade on Binance without doing 
the KYC process where you have to give your personal information, you can do that if you're not withdrawing more than two Bitcoin per day from your account. And the reason I say to be careful is because recently the Thai SEC recently came out and said Binance is illegal to use in Thailand. So basically, if you know they catch you with a Thai ID using Binance and then Thai SEC like really cracks down and says it's illegal, I'm not really sure uh, what's going to happen. So the way I would just kind of hedge against that is just um, make an exchange on a sorry, make an account on a local. Thai SEC approved exchange like Bitcoin or Zipmax, and then if you would like to trade for coins that are not available on Bitcoin or Zipmax, you can easily just transfer your funds to your Binance address, and from there you can trade for other coins. That's amazing information. That's actually so much that I needed to know, quite honestly. All right. Does anybody have any questions while we are here? Let's open up. Also, anybody on Clubhouse? I do have to say Clubhouse is super glitchy today. Um, if you have raised your hand and we haven't noticed, I apologize. Uh, we will pull you up when we can. It's it's not refreshing automatically for anybody today. Um, so with that being said, anybody on Google Meets or on Clubhouse, does anybody have any questions? <clears throat> oh, wow, you're right. I, I actually didn't realize that people had joined because it wasn't refreshing at all. I thought no one was in the room. So I guess it is a real glitch today. Welcome to everyone who's here. Yeah, we have, we have about... Uh, some eight, 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 eleven people in here right now, and then we have three in our Google Meets. Uh, so yeah, just a little glitchy. It's okay. We can get through this. <laughs> so, um, any questions? If not, I would like to proceed to asking um, what you wish and that you knew before you started on your crypto adventure. Sure. Yeah, that is a great question. So full disclosure, like first time that I went in the crypto market in 2017, I didn't know what I was doing. I put a lot of money and I lost most of it. So it's a real danger to try to trade the market when you don't really know what you're doing. It's very tempting to buy high and sell low which is the opposite of what seasoned traders will tell you, that you really need to look for the lowest prices to buy in and then sell when the price is at its peak. Like basically, when everyone's really super excited, like, oh, okay, I need to buy it now, then that's probably actually the moment that you should sell because the prices might go down um, soon after that because it's uh, a lot of people sell off at the peak because they got in really early when the prices were lower. So trading, it, it can be kind of mindfuck, I would say. It's like psychologically, you're doing a lot of stuff that seems really counterintuitive and you feel like that's not how it should be. But you really, as a trader, you really have to look at the real picture of how things are. Like this is how the price is, not what you wish the price would be, not the direction you wish or hope the price will go. You have to be like, this is what it is. And you have to be willing to sell at the right points where you're just um, reducing your risk in that way. Like for example, when you're gonna sell, um, when the price is really high, and then you're like, oh, God, but what if I miss out on a price movement upwards more? But you have to realize there's going to be more opportunities, you know, more price movements that go upwards that you can take advantage of. And you want to lock in your profit or uh, the amount of money you made by selling at the top versus when the prices drop down again. And you're like, oh, my God, everyone's selling. I got to sell, too. And you don't make any money or you just lose money. So the bottom line, um, the thing that I wish I had known and I would tell people now is if you get into crypto, make it your goal not to lose money. Like don't make it your goal to become rich overnight, but you want to make sure that you protect your capital as much as possible, that you trade and you invest responsibly and that you um, don't panic, buy and sell. Okay, that's the first thing. And the second thing is that a lot of people are scared of these scenarios, so they never start in the first place. 
but that's you also lose out that way because investment just like what Hannah was saying, if you leave your money in the bank, you might be making like 0.03% per year. And that is just really, really small gains on money that you've worked hard to earn. So what you can do is you can also, um, instead of trading, if you're completely new, uh, or day trading or swing trading, where you try to, you know, go on exchanges and actually like buy and sell crypto and take advantage of the price movements actively, you can also buy and hold it, hold cryptocurrency, because in the bull run, uh, all the prices are going up anyway. So for the most part, if something doesn't go terribly wrong, like it's not like the coin isn't a scam, if there, um, if the project doesn't go wrong, like if it doesn't fail, if there is a good team behind the project and they're doing something that benefits the space, you can probably win by just holding buying um, at a good moment and then just holding for the next few months and then selling selling at the peak of the bull market so especially if you don't buy bitcoin you decide to buy something else and in the crypto market everything that's not bitcoin is referred to as altcoins like alternate coins if you decide to buy altcoins it's most likely best that you just sell um before the bear market starts just be happy with whatever profit you make sell it lock that price in and then when the bear market starts you might have opportunities to buy back into your favorite projects at lower prices because during bear market like altcoins anything that's not bitcoin like it just they do really badly like you might be really sad like sitting looking at pennies in your account for for years before like they come back with higher higher prices on the next bull run in like four years so there is an argument for just buying and holding your cryptocurrency if you're a new person. Thank you so much, Anne. That's so helpful. I, I do. So I, uh, I've, I've had some advice from friends and I wanted to run this by you and see if it's accurate or not. I was told that if you put in a certain amount of money that you've invested, uh, say you put, I mean, just for an example, say you put a thousand baht into a coin, um, what, <coughs> excuse me, the first piece of advice that I was given was don't put in money that you don't have, which I feel is, is very obvious. Um, be, be ready to lose any money that you put in and have that mindset, which is, you know, uh, I think the same, the same as you know, ideology as gambling or anything like that. But um, the second, the second piece of advice that they gave me was, if you put a thousand baht in and it reaches to a certain point, take the investment that you have put in, take that out, and then just let it grow from the rest. Um, how do you feel about that? That piece of advice. Yeah, I think it's it's actually good advice. It's called removing your capital. So you cash out the original capital. So let's say, for example, you put in, yes, like you said, a thousand on a coin and then it went up like, let's say it was $1 and it, it went up to $2. And then you basically, you sell half of it and you take that money out. It's basically a way of um, protecting yourself and hedging against risk. Like from then on, you're not losing anything if you keep on trading or if you lose that money because uh, you've already removed the initial capital. And I actually did that too. Like personally, I removed most of my capital um, just just because I guess it's a it's a good way to protect like the your hard earned money. Anybody who puts money in the crypto market, it's really important to realize that your money is really hard earned and the risk is also parallel to the reward. So crypto is high risk, high reward, but you could also lose money that you spent months working for just overnight. And actually in the last uh, bull run when I started, that was not something uh, that I realized. So I actually had to work quite a lot to come back to the same amount of savings that I had before. So when they say like, don't put money that you can't, uh, you can't afford to lose. That's definitely true. Do not put your rent money, your next month month's rent into the crypto market, hoping like it's going to go up overnight. Money that you need for your meals, money that you've allocated for, you know, your saving strategy, things like that. Like you really need to be 
okay like if you're gonna lose this money or else you're basically playing like roulette or something so it, crypto is it's kind of like lottery but uh, with better chances of winning basically that's what mark cuban said recently you can look it up like he i i, I kind of view it that way too so basically you're buying and you're trying to improve your chances of that lottery ticket making returns for you like winning the lottery so the more you do your research the more you get to understand what you're buying and whether that coin is actually a good coin to buy i view that as improving the chances of winning on that lottery ticket that you put in and however much you put in is how much you pay for the lottery ticket i love that i love that outlook and it, it seems very healthy because i feel like you know, there's a lot of stigma around crypto right now and people being able to, uh, to, to functionally do it and then or losing their money. I think we all need to go into these circumstances with, uh, you know, uh, knowledge <laughs> to not basically lose our asses over this that I think is very important. So I have a question from somebody on uh, our Google Meet. This is from Kendra. Kendra wants to ask, uh, what criteria would you look at to evaluate the quality of the coin or the project? Yeah, great question, Kendra. Thank you. So it's really important to look at certain things like who is the team behind it. The team, you want to make sure they haven't been involved in any previous scandals or done anything weird that may the market not trust them the crypto market is really really driven by trader like sentiment the sentiment of buyers and traders so if they feel off put by the actions of a team or they don't like it a lot of times that affects the price like really badly even more than it should so basically bad news actually can affect the price of a coin really much there was a coin recently called reef reef finance like coral reef but reef r-e-e-f and it, everyone was expecting the price to go up and then something came out where they they wrote some news about collaborating with some other company and the other company came out and said that was uh they weren't supposed to disclose that they weren't actually collaborating in the way that reef said and the price hasn't really recovered since then like you would have thought it would have gone up since February, but it basically it's the same price. So bad news can actually just kind of keep the prices in place or make prices drop. And sorry, what were you asking me? Sorry, the question was, uh, what criteria oh, would you look at to evaluate okay. the quality of the coin or the project? Right, so you wanna look at the team, you wanna make sure it's not a scam. You also wanna make sure that, um, it's adding utility to the space. Like it's bringing something new that's actually useful that will catch the attention of the market. Now, the fundamentals in crypto are not 100%. You have to understand it's not, it doesn't function like the stock market and market sentiment really factors into it a lot, lot, lot more. So you also have to look at uh, whether the market latches on to that currency that if it does, if it latches on to that coin or token, your chances of the price going up are a lot higher. And the third thing is really important. And I would say if you have one takeaway from this, try to study this, which is tokenomics. Tokenomics is the, the science of how many coins there are of that currency in circulation and how, how much it's valued. Because to get the total market cap of that coin or how much total money is in that coin, you basically just take the number of coins times the current price of the coin and you would get the total market cap of the coin. Now, like there's a reason that, for example, ADA is never going to be probably very unlikely to be ever the same price as Bitcoin. Because if you took ADA's price now, which is like $1.20, okay, you multiply it, apply it by its supply, you get the market cap. And then you said, okay, but what if ADA was like $50,000 like, like Bitcoin? And you multiply 50,000 by the total number of ADA coins that there are. You're gonna discover something like, it's gonna be bigger than the market cap of the stock market put together, like the entire stock market. 
So basically, the reason is that ADA has so many more coins than Bitcoin does. And one reason that Bitcoin's price is so high is because there's fewer Bitcoins. Like the supply is only 21 million, which they're going to mine the bit last Bitcoin somewhere in 2040 or so. And it's getting slower and slower and harder and harder to mine. But basically, Bitcoin has a very low supply or low number of coins compared to other currencies. And that's part of why the price of Bitcoin was able to go up so much like it is now. And also, an interesting thing about Bitcoin is about a quarter of all Bitcoins have been permanently lost by people who, like, they lost their wallets. They couldn't remember, you know, the password or seed phrase for their wallet or other, other things that have happened, like, you know, disasters where natural disasters and hardware was lost and the, you know, Bitcoin keys that were saved on that hardware were lost, etc. So uh, one factor that drives up the price of Bitcoin in particular is just that it has a very low supply or really no, low number of coins. So if you buy a new coin, you're looking at a project and you're like, okay, how many coins are there total for this project? And it's something like 1 billion coins total. There are projects with 1 billion coins or 100 billion coins, you can know right away that's really highly unlikely that the price is ever going to be as much as Bitcoin. So to get the potential price target for a coin, you just take the number of coins, you multiply it by the price of the coin, you get the current market cap, and then you look at what the project is doing. And then you can actually go and compare to successful projects that are doing similar things and see what is the price of that project and then you can be like okay then maybe my coin would have like if my project succeeded it might be able to have like a similar price as that successful project but you have to keep in mind and compare compare the supply of the coins for the two projects and adjust for the supply of your coin Got it. Thank you so much. All right. Well, let's let's. Uh, I'll go around and ask first. Does anybody have any questions that they uh, want to shoot at Anne right now? Uh, anybody in Google Meets? If you have any questions, please feel free to type them in chat. And anybody on stage, uh, feel free to ask away. Hi. Um, I guess I have a question. So. Um um, I really liked your advice about um, just starting out on uh, on this because like I've been doing a lot of research on this as of late and it's really hard to find information for someone specifically based in Thailand. So I think this was like super helpful. Like this is the first time like I've actually had an idea about like what I would want to do. So um, I guess my question is like as a beginner, like, okay, so the first step would be like to go on a currency exchange um, like BitCup or Zipmex um, and like, um, you know, enter all the information and like, um, you know, start trading and stuff. But like, what is what comes after that? Like, how do you like, you know, kind of like compare the different currencies and like okay you answered the question right before this like you know you have to kind of um like see like how much is in circulation and you know times the price and all of these things but like how do you really like compare like what you want to get into and how much you want to put into like just the really basic questions about like you know maybe some advice because I know that there isn't going to be a very specific answer like it depends from person to person but like just getting into um you know the head of a beginner and also like very like importantly like how do you know when to start like buying because like I guess as a beginner like I would compare the price to um prices before and like kind of see when it has um you know dropped quite a bit <laughs> in comparison to the previous prices something like that I guess um so yeah just kind of as a beginner like some more like specific advice would be helpful that's all <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Ash. I'm really glad that uh, these tips are helpful for you. And that is such a good question. I think you have to first decide how much you're putting into the market, and then you can allocate it. Like earlier, I think it was Hannah, right, that said that you split 50-50 between Bitcoin and then Litecoin. 
So diversification is something really important. That's a principle that uh, that applies in investing. And I think it's it's something that can be applied for beginners as well. So you have to look at the different prospects, okay? And I'm going to try to explain it and break it down into Bitcoin and other coins because Bitcoin is a little bit different. Bitcoin has become viewed as the new gold, basically. It, right now, one, uh, one Bitcoin is worth the same or even a little more than a one kilogram bar of gold. So somehow the market seems to have latched on to Bitcoin and said that we want to use it as a store of value. So a lot of that includes big people, like big company owners, big investors. So you look at Bitcoin and you can look at the potential of Bitcoin and you can decide if Bitcoin is going to be what is called a long hold, where you just hold it for years and years and you, you kind of keep it thinking it's kind of like a retirement fund or it's going to be a gift for your kids or a nest egg for you. Or you can do like the short thing where you just buy it now and then at the end of the bull run, then you just sell Bitcoin. But if you're holding Bitcoin, here's how to look at what's the potential. Like the next price target that we have for Bitcoin is we're thinking it might be seventy to ninety thousand dollars. So let's say it did go to ninety thousand, and right now it's about fifty-five thousand. Um, that means that the price would go up by about fifty percent. So let's say it it goes to ninety thousand, you get about fifty percent back. You put in a thousand dollars at ninety thousand, you're gonna get a thousand five hundred dollars. Like you just do the math like that. Now, in the long term price prospects of Bitcoin, some people say that for this bull run, like the absolute top for the market is somewhere around $150,000, which sounds really high, but they're looking at a mm -hmm. logarithmic scale and it's possible that the price can like skyrocket. And then in several years, they think maybe it's 250000 and even eventually a million dollars. So if you believe in that, I'm not giving investment advice right here. I'm just saying this is what these are the numbers people have thrown out. If you believe in that and you want to just buy Bitcoin and hold it, you can allocate a certain part of your portfolio to just buy Bitcoin and just like keep it and keep it and, and maybe even just add to it uh, whenever you have some spare money. Like I have a friend who said, I don't have time to study the market, but I do believe in Bitcoin. So I'm going to buy like a thousand baht of Bitcoin a week and just keep buying it like that. And that's called averaging your way in. So that way you get some at low prices, you get some at high prices, but you just kind of get like an average price um, for, for the asset. But then the rest of your money, if you're not um, doing Bitcoin, you might want to look at altcoins. And with the altcoins, you need to work out a strategy like the altcoins are they move very, very differently than bitcoin bitcoin is kind of quite stable for weeks at a time and then it might make like a big price jump up like it's been around like almost 50 to 60 thousand dollars for almost two months now so if you're hoping to make like lots of gains in the bull market you might also purchase some altcoins and you might be looking at 30 to 50 percent gains each time the price goes up so you can look at on the internet and look at search for the name of the coin and then search the word price target and do some research what are some numbers that people are throwing out for what could be the possible price of the coin and don't believe those youtubers please who say like oh okay like doge can reach like a hundred dollars or doge can go to a thousand dollars because that's impossible the value of doge will be like more than the whole value of the stock market put together which would be weird so you actually have to take those price predictions with a grain of salt like for the people that you know are just like marketing like on youtube or else on telegram channels the people who are like religiously devoted to a coin they'll throw out really unrealistic price targets so please don't believe those people and again you look at the tokenomics like i said before this and then you calculate and you can also look on tradingview.com like on tradingview.com you can search tradingview and then also the name of the coin 
And then you can look and people throw out like technical analysis to say, okay, in the next week or in the next couple of weeks, the price of this coin might go from 80 cents to $1.20 or something like that. And you can buy those coins. You look for good entry point. Like you said, Ash, like maybe you don't buy when the price is just has just gone up a lot. You wait for it to retrace a little bit. Like see you wait till you see like more red candles for some days and then you buy in typically prices, you know, they might retrace around like 30% ish. Yeah. You wait for something like that. You buy in and then you wait for the price to go up to your target and then you can sell it. So you can either do a thing where you just hold until the end of the bull run or, and you just sell before bear market and you never trade it, or you can actually just like be like, okay, I'm going to hold this coin until it goes up 30%, at which point I'm going to sell it. And then I'm going to take out, you know, 20% of that profit and keep it. And then I'm going to put the rest of the money back in on another coin where I've studied and I know the price is about to go up. Like that's, that's one method, but you have to work out a strategy that works for you personally. And one that doesn't have you like, you know, biting your nails and unable to sleep at night because a lot of people, they get nervous easily and you want to do something that you're comfortable with and that that's your risk appetite. Like you have, have to know it and then you have to allocate for that as well. I hope that answers your question. That was great. Thank you so much. And so, so hopping on, uh, hopping on top of that, actually, um, I, I've had people tell me, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get into Bitcoin. And they're like, oh, no, it's too late. You shouldn't. Like, it's too late. There's no way. What, what do you have to say to that? Yeah, like what I said is that for if there's any coin where it's like never too late, it's Bitcoin, pretty much. Like before it hits like... I don't know. Like I've said, a lot of people have said they think it could be a million dollars one day. I I don't know about that. I think, you know, you also have to multiply those millions by the supply of Bitcoin and, and see how realistic that looks. But, you know, I'm pretty, I'm one of the people who does believe that we could see 100,000 plus in this bull run. And then over the next couple of years, 250000 or $500,000 per Bitcoin because the supply is limited and the number of coins is really small. So if there's one coin where it's not too late to buy it, it's Bitcoin. And just if you want to just buy it, keep adding to it and you use it like it's kind of like a bank account that should last, uh, should, should give better returns than your bank account. Um, yeah, that's my perspective on Bitcoin. I love that. Thank you. Um, so also adding on top of Ash's question, I think, can you, can you very simplify, like explain to us, like we're 10 years old. Okay. Um, the process of opening an account and then trading, and then also what happens after, like, I've heard about wallets, I've heard about physical wallets, I've he heard about putting things in your account, like, all right, I've made this money, then what? Okay, yes, great question. So, uh, I forgot to address wallets. You asked about that at the beginning. A good wallet that I recommend is Trust Wallet. That's an app that you can download either on Android or on your iPhone. And Trust Wallet is compatible with a lot of different different coins, and it's not hard to start using. So you can just Google about how to use Trust Wallet. Trust Wallet is also good for connecting to decentralized protocols like PancakeSwap, if anyone's heard of that. Like, that's a bit next level, but basically Trust Wallet can be used to get um, DeFi or decentralized finance coins as well. But it can also just be used for storing your Bitcoin, your ADA, your whatever coin that you have um, on your trust wallet. When you set up a wallet, it's really, really super important that you write down your seed phrase. So when you set up any wallet, it's going to give you a series of words, like around like, it could be anywhere from 10 to 20 words. And you need to write those down somewhere physical. And please try not to save them on your computer, especially don't screenshot them on your phone, especially if you're backing up to iCloud or something, because hackers can easily like hack iCloud and they could like steal the photo 
if someone gets a hold of your seed phrase, that is like the backup of your wallet. They can actually input it like on the on the site of that wallet, the company that owns that wallet, and retrieve your funds and basically steal all your funds. So the, the seed phrase is actually uh, tied to the wallet address. Like your wallet address is an encrypted um seed phrase basically so your seed phrase is not going to change and if you want a new seed phrase you have to make a new wallet so do not compromise your seed phrase that is really super important and you can use trust wallet on your phone now and you can also retrieve your wallet again with your seed phrase if you happen to lose your phone so that's why you need to keep your phrase really well now the thing is a lot of people purchase coins on exchanges, right? But exchanges can get hacked. So there, there's a risk there of losing your coins that you keep on an exchange. So if you're not planning to be trading, like actively trading the coins, you might want to put them into a wallet, either a wallet like Trust Wallet on your phone, or if you're keeping them long, long time, you might even consider buying a hardware wallet like a Ledger or a Trezor. These are wallets that are, they look like USB drives and they're actually hardware and you can like stick them on your computer and then you can, you know, open and see your funds and use them to transfer funds that you just want to put into cold storage for a long, long amount of time. So these are the two wallet options. You just keep coins on an exchange that you are like actively trading, like, okay, tomorrow or next week, I might be selling this coin for something else. Or you also can transfer from your wallet back to the exchange where you want to sell those coins for fiat currency, and then you're gonna transfer them back to your own local bank account. So let me just explain the flow might look something like this, okay? Let's say, imagine that you're a Thai person or a person with a Thai bank account. You create an account on Zipmax, okay? You have the money in your bank account and you're like, okay, I would like to start trading cryptocurrency. You go through the process with Zipmax, you get KYC, know your customer, verified with your personal information and your ID. And they've said, okay, yes, you can start trading on our platform. Next, you're going to be asked to input your bank account information and probably also like the front of your bank book. You're gonna have to give them those. And then if they like, just, just they'll do a quick like 24 hour verification on that. And then they'll say, okay, now you can start transferring funds to our exchange. Uh, usually, I think the way it goes is they'll give you like an account number um, that belongs to their exchange. Like if you use KBank, they'll give you like maybe a KBank account number. And then you can transfer to the exchange's KBank account. Then you're going to have to upload a little, you know, like transfer slip, just like we do with other transactions. Just upload the slip proof of um, transfer to the exchange. And then when, uh, you know, Usually it takes like some minutes, but sometimes it can take hours if they're like really busy. But then the funds, a Thai bot, for example, let's say you put 10,000 Thai bot, 10,000 Thai bot will appear in your Zipmex account. At which part point when you want to exchange it for another coin, that's also called trading, the process of exchanging it for another coin, you will click on their market. Um, area there should be an icon that says markets and then it will appear like a list of coins that you are that are on their exchange that you can exchange your Thai bot for so let's say like you wanted to buy um, ethereum so you just click on you're gonna have to click on ethereum and then you're gonna have to do uh, you're gonna have to do a buy order for Ethereum. And you can do two types of orders. And I suggest that if you've never done this before, you go back and you study on it a little bit, which is that you need to learn what is a limit order uh, what and what is a market order. So a limit order means you get to input the price that you want to buy this coin at. So let's say Ethereum happens to be $2,000 today, but you have a hunch that maybe tomorrow is going to drop to $1,800. So you put in a limit order of $1,800 for the price, and then you input the amount of money you want to spend. So maybe you want to spend all your 10000 bought on the Ethereum, which will get you a fraction of Ethereum. So you like you put in the 10000 and you input 1800 and you click buy it's actually gonna wait 
and it will only buy if the price actually drops to 1800 at which point your order will be filled and then the bot in your account is going to be transferred into ethereum basically and you'll have like that fraction of an ethereum sitting in your account and then when you want to sell the ethereum you just do the reverse basically you choose how much ethereum you want to sell at what tie bot price like how many tie bot you want for that ethereum and then you sell it and of course you have to look at the current prices of ethereum like basically if you want to sell it for something really unrealistic like you don't get to set the price the market sets the price so maybe the price has gone up to two thousand five hundred dollars per ether now and you want to sell when the price is a little higher like maybe two thousand seven hundred you could actually input two thousand seven hundred and then wait for like your order to fill so and then you will get you know the appropriate amount of tie bot back in your account now just remember too that there's another type of order called market order which is where you either buy or sell at the exact price that the that the coin is at that moment in the market you can research more about this but basically if you press market order um you're just going to get the coin like if it's a thousand uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, if it's like two thousand and ten dollars at that moment You want to get at two thousand ten dollars or a price that's as close as possible to that You just click input how much tie bot you want to spend and then you click market order So market order can be a little bit risky Especially on exchanges that have fewer buyers and sellers because the price gaps can be larger because there's just not as many people buying and selling so you might press market order and then um, hoping you're gonna get like Ethereum at $2,000, but you might get it at a higher price, like $2,100, which was not what you wanted. But it really depends on whether you wanna buy just that moment or if you wanna wait for a specific price. And the same goes with selling on a market order too. Like you maybe you wanna sell at 2,000, but you press market order and it's like 1,900 is the price you get. Like you don't get to determine the exact price, okay? After that, let's say you made your trade. You got a little bit of profit. So the pr you bought either the price went up, you decide to sell it and take profit. So you sold it back into Thai bot. Then in that case, you could just like take it off the exchange by transferring it back to your bank account. And they're probably going to charge you like a little withdrawal fee on that. That's if you're on the local exchange. But let's say that if you uh, want to keep your ether. You don't want to transfer it back into Taibot. You're like, I'm going to keep Ethereum for, you know, quite a while. I want to store it somewhere safe. You're going to have to go through the process of actually transferring that Ethereum to your wallet. So let's say you're using Trust Wallet and you want to transfer Ether to your Trust Wallet. You have to go and you have to find Ether, Ethereum in your Trust Wallet, and then you have to find the receiving address. And then you need to choose and make sure you're using the right blockchain as well there could be like two or three different options but you're gonna have to get the appropriate address and then you're gonna have to transfer the ethereum um, to that address so you input that like long you know 50 character address code onto your exchange like onto your wallet on zipmex and you say you want to send it to that address and then basically it's going to send the funds but because this process is a little bit risky if you do something wrong you cannot get the funds back like it cannot emphasize this enough like one character in the address is wrong if you choose the wrong blockchain there's several blockchains now um, for each coin. So if you choose the wrong blockchain, your funds are gone. So the best thing is just to, if you're sending to a new address that you don't know, send a small like test amount first. That's really important. Just send like a little test amount to make sure that the funds are going through to that address. And then if it's safe, like you receive the funds properly, then you can send, you know, the full amount to the address. So yeah, that's basically the breakdown. And I know all of this sounds a little bit technical. So I have um, anybody who wants to after this can also reach out to me on Telegram or Facebook to ask questions. For ladies, I have a ladies specific group. And I also have some other groups that are, you know, user friendly uh, with, with guys. Yeah, lots of guys too. So I have like groups for everybody. So if you want more advice or like step-by-step -step help, just like reach out to me. Thank you so much. And wow. Okay.
I got a lot to sleep on for sure. All right, we are going to start winding down the room, but I do want to ask, does anybody else have any questions? Anybody on Google Meets, please feel free to type it in the chat box. Anybody here on Clubhouse, just uh, raise your hand or uh, feel free to ask away. Yeah, I have a question. Um, Anne, what websites would you recommend for us to continue researching? Like now that we have this great foundation from you and I have my notes in front of me, where can I continue? Because I, I have this fire right now and I want to learn more and I'm curious about what you might recommend for research as well as what's a really great website to track the current rates of each Bitcoin, because I've tried multiple times myself to just go to Google and find a chart that shows me like the ebb and flow of different coins that I can click on is interactive, but I haven't found anything that I've liked so far. So I would love to pick your brain if I could, please, Anne. Okay, yes, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good question. So for in terms of apps, I use... I actually use the CoinMarketCap app. So CoinMarketCap, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Hannah, have you tried CoinMarketCap? No, I have not. Okay, yeah, that is the go-to for basically every crypto trader and investor. So it's called CoinMarketCap.com. On that site, you will see a list of the top like 50 coins in terms of CoinMarketCap. Um, every single day, it lists the amount of um, capital, sorry, the total market cap of the cryptocurrency market. So it's like 2.03 trillion. I know because it says that at the top of coinmarketcap.com. And um, yeah, so it lists coins in order of how large each coin is. If you go to the homepage, you'll see like Bitcoin's at the top, then there's Ethereum, and then third is like, you know, whatever is the coin of the day. They kind of fluctuate as like, the, you know, based on hype or, or news or whatever. And you can also search for any coin, you're pretty much any coin you're wondering about, unless it's really early and they haven't really launched the information. But like 99% of coins, you can just search the word coin market cap and then the coin ticker or the name of the coin and then you'll get a page that summarizes like the total supply of the coin the total market cap of the coin and then there should also be a little chart that shows like the coins price movements over past days and coin market cap has a great little app that you can use um, on your phone and you can make a watch list so when you create the watch list then you can put your favorite coins on there so you can watch their price movements throughout the day and it will also send you like notifications when there's a big price movement on on the coins you're watching. So coin market cap is really useful for that. And then I suggest you also get on Telegram if you're not already. So it <clears throat> happens that Telegram is the it's kind of like the main community building platform for crypto cryptocurrencies. So some there's there's a lot of people on Discord as well. But a Discord is kind of messy, like it's a little too chaotic. So maybe Telegram. Like I, after this, I'll tell Caitlin a few different chat rooms that are really useful. Of course, we have my Crypto Ladies Bangkok chat room, which is specific to um, ladies, and then we have a, a, a few other like trading and meetup rooms that are useful that I can share. And on Telegram, you can also subscribe to what are called channels. So, for example, a good, um, it's it's not like best, best, but Cointelegraph is one of the news channels that I follow on Telegram, as well as Sayam Blockchain, which is all in Thai. So you get like, it's just like a little um, announcements channel. When there's new news, they post it and you'll see it right away. So you don't have to keep going to the website. So that's available on Telegram. And then um, I was going to say, oh, yes, um, 
there's telegram channels also for announcements and for the communities of your favorite coins as well and usually on facebook you can also find like if you have bought dogecoin there's like a dogecoin facebook group if you bought like ada there's probably an ada facebook group as well like you can find those and if you're not sure and you want more you know places to get news you can always reach out to me or in our crypto ladies bangkok chat room to ask Thank you. That's beautiful. I, yeah, I do have Telegram, so I'll have to get back on that. I haven't used it in ages, but I'd love to connect with you, Anne, at least, and maybe join some Facebook groups and try to stay in the loop so that when I make my purchase, I can feel confident about what my what I've decided. So that's super great. Thank you, Anne. Great. Yeah, so we much. will be doing uh, for the crypto ladies after we do a Zoom call every week. So if you have any questions, you can hop on just to ask your specific questions. And later when um, COVID's better, I'll do like an in-person meetup as well. That's awesome. Um, I have one, possibly two questions. Um, how are gains taxed if withdrawing in Thailand? And do you have to report gains? Yeah, you're supposed to report gains, and it's quite high, actually, how they tax it. I haven't gone through the process yet, but I, I think it's somewhere, it's maybe around like 17% that they tax, and technically, yes, you're supposed to report it. I, I do think that if you're not making huge gains, they're probably not going to come after you if you don't report it, uh, but if you do make like some really big gains and your information is in their system like that's what happens when you do the kyc with the exchange like they take your id and stuff so that's where you would probably want to report the gains but i'm not an expert on that so if you want more information like seriously want more information um you can reach out to me about it later great thanks so much all right, guys, I think we have time for one more question, if there is any. Okay. And I have to say a huge, ginormous thank you. You rocked it tonight. And uh, I want to ask, uh, tell everybody thank you so much for joining us, uh, both on Google Meets and on Clubhouse. I do like this little thing that we have going on with the Google Meets and Clubhouse because it does feel more, uh, you know, inclusive. I've, uh, I've, I've felt that Clubhouse has kind of been very clicky lately, <laughs> just for the iPhone users. So I'm glad that we got some uh, other people on listening. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, Anne will be sending me a beautiful list of a lot of uh, resources and things that she talked about already. I will compile that together uh, probably into a Google document and uh, link it to our Instagram. So please don't forget to uh, look up our Instagram. It is Women Living in Thailand. Uh, you can find all of our information there for future clubhouses. We do do clubhouses on, on various subjects. Next week is about marketing, marketing yourself and marketing your brand, and we will have speakers talking about that. So do feel free to in, uh, join us. If any of you on Google Meet would like to join us uh, on those, please do let me know, and I will open a room for that also. I, I am very much liking uh, having everybody included in all of this. Um, that being said, huge, ginormous, again, thank you to Anne. You've really blown my mind with all of this information, and I can't wait to uh, join all these groups and get a little bit more educated with this. And, you know, I think, I think a powerful person, especially a powerful woman, is a woman who can take care of her finances and grow and kind of build herself. And I think that this is, is giving people that power, especially during very, very uncertain times. So uh, I mean, going in, anybody who is just dipping their feet into the well of crypto, please, you know, do your due diligence. This is something that you do need to be educated on. Um, don't just throw it all in like a, like a night at Vegas, you know. Do your research and, and little by little baby steps. And uh, I wish you all well on your, on your new financial crypto journey. 
And I hope we, uh, we're all millionaires. <laughs> yes, let's hope that. Fingers crossed. I love that, cat. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you again, Anne, so much. We appreciate your time this evening, and we want to say thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You guys were a great audience, and I'm so encouraged that there are more people wanting to learn about crypto. Like I said at the beginning, you know, there is a bit of a learning curve, but, you know, if you learn it now, it, it is part of the future, and it will serve you well in the years to come. So I think it's time well invested, and especially for women, I know this space is something that's very male-dominated to this point, and that's part of why I started the Crypto Ladies. Like, I want women to know that there's not stopping us from getting into cryptocurrency like just because you're a woman doesn't mean that it's going to be harder you don't have to be scared of the technical part like you can do it too so Caitlin summarized it really well and I yeah just hope all of you like this gives you the courage to take some steps and just start and I'm always here if you want to ask questions our telegram is it's just very ladies only I don't want to be unkind to guys but I felt like there that environment was kind of needed so I created it so if you want to join our crypto ladies bangkok telegram room um my instagram is in my clubhouse profile you can click on it and you can just hit me up on instagram and i will add you into our crypto ladies telegram and the rest of the links will be sent to caitlin right after this thank you so much and and people on uh google meet kendra and everybody are saying thank you also um, a big reminder, people, to anybody on Clubhouse or on Google Meets, I have been recording this entire conversation. So if you know anybody who was interested in this information, couldn't come, uh, or might just want it, you want to offer it to them, please do uh, contact us on our um, Women Living in Thailand Instagram. Uh, send me your uh, email or your friend's email on who would like to receive it, and I will send it to them directly. Again, everybody, thank you so much. I'm going to close this room now. Please uh, don't forget, Hannah, this Sunday has her spiritual cool session, chill vibes thing going on. Uh, Hannah, are, are, is anything particular going on there? On Sunday, I'll have my ukulele, and we'll have some poetry and some card reading, so it'll be super fun. Beautiful. It's the best way to start the week. So I do recommend anybody on Clubhouse to go and join that. And like I said, if anybody wants to join on our Wednesday sessions that does not have Clubhouse, please do hit me up uh, through the uh, IG, through our IG. Thank you so much, everybody. I really Thanks, appreciate guys. it. And especially you, you are a superstar. And for now, I am going to close all of the rooms. Everybody have a wonderful night and a wonderful week ahead. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. We'll see you on Sunday and Wednesday. See you all. Bye.